Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we love you. Thank you, Father, for giving us life and health and breath today. Thank you for giving us the privilege and the honor of being in your presence today, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity to worship you and magnify and glorify and lift up your holy name, Jesus. Just because of who you are, Lord Jesus. Just because of who you are, God. Lord, we love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord Jesus. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We magnify you. We glorify you, Lord Jesus. Lord, let the fruit of our lips giving praise unto your name be a sweet smell and a sweet savor unto you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Holy and worthy, Lord Jesus. Mighty and righteous, Lord Jesus. Great God and our Savior, our healer, you're our deliverer, our shepherd, our shield, and our defense, O God. You're our strong tower, Lord, today. You're our best friend, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the blood today. We thank you for the cross today. We thank you for your name today. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, the blood that Jesus shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. blood that gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its power. It soothes my doubts and calms my fears, and it dries away all my tears. That blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never For it reaches to the highest mountains. Oh, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, it's the blood that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never lose 
blood that Jesus shed. Thank you for the blood today, Jesus. Oh, way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never lose its power, for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, 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 it's the blood gives me strength from day to day. It will never lose its for it reaches to the highest mountain, and it flows to the lowest valley. Oh, oh it's the blood, oh, that gives me strength. From day to day, it will never lose its power. Father, we thank You. We thank You, Jesus. You shed that blood on Calvary. You let it run down to the ground for me, Lord Jesus. You made that blood available for me and everybody within the sound of my voice. You made that blood available no matter where we were, Lord Jesus. Whether we were on the mountain or in the valley, Lord, You made that blood available to us, Lord, for cleansing, for salvation. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to God. We're still planning on snow tubing on the 17th. Amen. And if that doesn't happen, we are still, we are going to be uh, having an event at our home. We're going to have a cookout, probably uh, some other things going on, and uh, probably a bonfire after. Uh, amen. And so everyone is welcome. And if you'll get with my wife or myself or potentially brother and sister Becker, we will determine kind of a list of who who might bring what or whatever. And uh, but we're gonna we're gonna pull the grill out and do some cooking out if the Lord will let us do that. Amen. Hospitality training on the eighteenth next Sunday. I believe that's next Sunday, yes. Yes. Next Sunday after service, 
food will be provided during that training. If you're interested in being a part of the hospitality team ministry, please see Brother and Sister Shepherd. Also, uh, Save Our Children offering will be due next, I'm sorry, March 17th. March 17th, Save Our Children offering. Mark that down. Amen. If you've been given to save our children, continue to do so. Amen. How important is it for us to save our children? Amen. They are the church. They're not going to be the church. They are the church. Amen. We need them. Amen. And they need us. We need to pass that baton, as it were, amen, to that generation. So everything and anything we do is just sowing seed into the kingdom. Amen. Brother Becker read that scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his kingdom. Put his kingdom first. If you put his kingdom first, everything else is going to come to you as he deems you need it. Amen. Amen. Also, in the back, there are some sheets of paper that look like this with a QR code on it. And these are for the, uh, the Connect app. Amen. We're in, we're in the 2020s now. Hallelujah. So the Connect app, if you have a smartphone and you scan that little QR code, that's going to take you to, uh, you're going to have to install the app on your phone, I guess, but it'll take you to all the church activities so that you can stay abreast of what's going on. And if you don't have one and someone next to you has a smartphone, just check with them and we'll be making announcements from this, this pulpit anyway. So just wanted to make everybody aware of that. If you need that, it's in the back. Please see our ushers or our greeters in the back. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, ain't God good to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank Him. Oh, love and praise Him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Well, ain't God good? Yes, He is to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank Him. Oh, love and praise Him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Come on. Well, ain't God good? Yes, He is to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank Him. Oh, love and praise Him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Victory! Oh, victory, victory shall be mine. Come on, victory, victory shall be mine. Well, if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, victory, victory, victory. Oh, yes, come on now, peace, peace shall be mine. Oh, yes. Oh, peace, peace shall be mine. Well, if I hold my peace and let the Lord fight my battles, peace, peace shall be mine. 
Joy, joy shall be mine. Oh, I said joy, joy shall be mine. Well, if I hold my peace, the Lord fight my battles. Oh, joy, joy, victory. Hallelujah. Come on, church, victory, victory shall be mine, shall be mine. Oh, victory, victory shall be mine. Well, if I hold my peace, let the Lord fight my battles. Oh, victory, victory shall be mine, victory shall be mine. Come on, victory, victory shall be mine. Oh, come on, victory, victory shall be mine. Oh, if I hold my peace, let the Lord bite my battles. Victory, victory, hallelujah. With God before us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, just have faith in the power of the Lord. Keep going forward, never look behind you. Keep going forward, don't ever look behind. God's got your back. Keep going forward, never look behind you. Oh, just have faith in the power of the Lord. By faith be fearless, by faith be fearless. Fighting in the battle. Oh, by faith be fearless. Fighting in the battle. Oh, by faith be fearless. Fighting in the battle. Oh, just have faith in the power of the Lord. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, just have faith in the power of the Lord. Going forward, never look behind you. Keep going forward, never look behind you. Keep going forward, never look behind you. Just have faith in the power of the Lord. Come on. By faith be fearless. Fighting in the battle, my faith be fearless. Fighting in the battle, my faith be fearless. Fighting in the battle, oh, just have faith in the in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, hallelujah. Well, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, demons will have to flee. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on His great name. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Precious Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We have the victory. Oh, in the name of Jesus. The mighty name of Jesus. Demons will have to flee. Oh, tell me who can stand before us when we call on His great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. We have the victory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Demons will have to flee. Tell me who can stand before us when we call on his great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. We have the victory. And that victory is through the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus. We do laud and magnify you. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. We take this time now to give glory and honor unto the King, unto the Lord our God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are so awesome. You are so wondrous. You are so glorious in this place. You have wrought wondrously in our lives, gloriously in the midst of this congregation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you, Jesus, for suffering on a cross and dying in my place. Thank you, Jesus, for victory. Hallelujah, Jesus, that you have purchased victory for us. And we can live and we can walk in that victory each and every day. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. What a great God we serve. Amen. And we do serve. We do serve the King of Kings. We do serve the Lord of Lords. Amen. He doesn't serve us. We serve Him. Praise God. He's the head. He's the King. Amen. He makes the decrees. He declares right and wrong. 
times and seasons, nations, he declares them all. They're his to declare. All of creation is his. Everything is his. Praise God. He's a great, big, glorious God. And we serve him. And he's our heavenly father. He has declared us to be his people. He's, he's placed his love with us. We are his possession. Praise God. And he is our exceeding great reward. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Uh, Exodus chapter 32. That's where we'll find our scripture text. Thank you for seeking the face of the Lord during worship service. Amen. Exodus chapter 32, we'll start reading at verse 15. Exodus chapter 32, beginning with verse 15. The Bible states this, And Moses turned and went down from the mount, and the two tables of the testimony were in his hand. The tables were written on both their sides, on the one side and on the other were they written. And the tables were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God, graven upon the tables. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses, There is a noise of war in the camp. And he said, It is not the voice of them that shout for mastery, neither it is the voice of them that cry for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing do I hear. And it came to pass, as soon as he came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing, and Moses' anger waxed hot, and he cast the tables out of his hand and brake them beneath the mount. And he took the calf which they had made and burnt it in the fire and ground it to powder and strawed it upon the water and made the children of Israel drink of it. And Moses said unto Aaron, What did this people unto thee that thou hast brought so great a sin upon them? Aaron said, Let not the anger of my Lord wax hot. Thou knowest the people that they are set on mischief. For they said unto me, Make us gods which shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not what has become of him. And I said unto them, Whosoever hath any gold, let them break it off. So they gave it me. Then I cast it into the fire, and there came out this calf. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked under their shame among their enemies, then the Lord stood in the gate of the camp. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And he said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Put every man his sword by his side, and go in and out from gate to gate throughout the camp, and slay every man his brother, and every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. And the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and there fell on the people that day about three thousand men. Talk on this topic for the remainder of our time together, choosing sides choosing sides. Lord Jesus, we worship you. We ask one more time that you would visit us with a mighty visitation, that you would speak and that you would move wondrously and gloriously according to your perfect will and according to our desperate need today. Let the name of Jesus be glorified here in our midst today. In these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you. Choosing sides is something that people have become very good at in modern culture. 
Today, people are more and more choosing sides and starkly defining the line between them. Republicans and Democrats immediately comes to the minds of most people. Politics, the lines are becoming starker and starker, more clearly defined. If you're a Republican, you're a right alt-wing fanatic. If you're a Democrat, you're a woke liberal, communist, and there doesn't seem to be much any, any, anywhere in between anymore. No room to meet, no room to come and, and speak. Capitalism and communism, gay and straight, pro-abortion and pro-life, fundamentalists and progressives. Two friends get into an argument, and if you step into it, you'll be called to choose a side. Where do you stand on this? If you're a Packers fan, you'll probably have some kind of paraphernalia identifying you as a Packers fan. A hat, a shirt, a jersey, a flag in the front yard, something. If you're a Trump supporter, you might wear a mega hat. People like to identify with the position they've taken. They like to identify with it. I'm pro-Biden. I'm pro-Trump. I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> That's how I can be both. But people are very proud, very happy to declare where they stand on things. Amen. There are those today who teach us that free will is simply an illusion. One writer said, uh, Richard Dawkins, if you're familiar with him, that we dance to the music of our DNA. We can't help ourselves. Whatever our DNA tells us to do, that's what we do. The philosophy behind that is called determinism. There is no free will. We simply do what the chemicals in our brain tell us to do. And that's it. Because that's all there is. Molecules in motion. Matter, energy, things I can touch and see and feel. That's it. All, everything in this universe is simply chemicals interacting with one another according to the laws of nature that govern them, including you and including me. Now, according to that theory, of course, I shouldn't be upset if someone comes in and slaughters my family. He didn't have a choice. He was just dancing to the music of his DNA. And yet, and yet, people who believe this theory, people who subscribe to determinism, would be devastated and demand justice if someone did that to their family. As if this person had a choice. The reason people take this position is because it eliminates the problem of morality for the materialist. And it creates a more plausible position for them. Because how do you define morality without God? Try it sometime. People struggle with that. You can't. You can't define morality without a transcendent being, God. But no one truly believes this. 
no one truly believes there is no such thing as right and wrong, as good and evil. No one truly believes that nobody has free choice, that we're free to choose what we desire, what we want. Everyone believes in such things as fairness and justice, but they all go out the window if there is no free choice, if there is no free moral agency. You ever feel like you're constantly dragging people along with you? Kicking and screaming? Brother DeMuth mentioned uh, we're in the 2020s now with the church app. And by the way, that church app is awesome. You can get your giving statement on there. You can see how much you've given for the year. If you're interested in that, uh, calendar of events, you can give online. You can, I mean, it has all kinds of stuff on there. Uh, please download it. Please check it out. Anyway, but anyway, uh, we're in the 2020s. Uh, my dad... I like talking about my dad. I love my dad. But he is he is a part of his generation. Uh, technology and him don't always see eye to eye on everything. Amen. And uh, he'll tell you that, so I have no problem telling you. Uh, he has a computer. He loves surfing the Internet, discovering stuff, looking at documentaries, all that stuff. But uh, trying to get stuff set up, that's just not in his wheelhouse. Uh, he's he's just not uh, 100% online with all that stuff. Uh, and so I would come over to the house, you know, when I was in the area, and I'd help him set up stuff and show him, okay, this is what you do, this is what you do. And and uh, he'd just get frustrated and walk out the room. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I'll take care of it, Dad. Just call you in when we're done. <laughs> But I felt like, you know, he's asking for my help, but at the same time, uh, he doesn't want any of this to, to be real. He doesn't want any of this to happen. And, uh, you know, some people tell you they've made up their minds. I've made a choice. I've made a decision. And you hear the words that are coming out of their mouth, but then you see the, their actions, you see their later choices, and you, you start to wonder what did you decide again? What are we doing here? They act and move as if they haven't made a choice at all. Now I understand, you know, you make a choice. and uh, I can't remember what that's called in economics. There's a... Anyway. Um, you make one choice, all the other choices close off. You can't choose any of them anymore because you chose this... If I decide to buy this car, I don't have enough money and resources to buy any of the other cars now. I can't have both. i got to make a choice. i got to choose one. So if I choose this one, I can't choose this one. So, so there's that fear. I'm closing off my options. I like to keep my options open. If I make a choice, if I decide this and I stand here, everything else is out the window. I don't get to choose those now. And fair enough. But what's the alternative, folks? Just staying in limbo? Having someone make the choice for me? That's probably what will end up happening. 
the choice will be made for you. I'm preaching today about making a choice, deciding, decision, exercising our free moral agency in the positive. When we make a choice, when we choose, it has nothing to do with how I feel. We talked about that earlier. It has nothing to do with my emotions in the moment. It has nothing to do with my convenience. It has to do with right. It has to do with where do I want to go? What do I want to be? How do I want my life to end up? Which direction am I heading? To get there, I have to leave off other things. If I'm going to be a a professional athlete, for example, I can't hang out with my friends at Burger King. Because Burger King isn't going to help me become a professional athlete. They may sponsor me if I become a professional athlete, but they're not going to help me get there. My friends may not be helping me get there either. Oh, why don't you spend time with us? Hey, we're going to go to the movies. Hey, we're going to play video games. Hey, we're going to do this. We're going to have fun. We're going to hang out at the beach. Man, it sounds fun. I'd really like to do that. But I can't do that. Because this is where I want to go. I want to be a professional athlete. So the professional athlete sets all that aside. And they get up at 4 or 5 in the morning, start running. They exercise. They practice. They discipline themselves every day. They watch what they eat. Very mechanical. Very not fun. But it gets them where they want to go. It's not based on how they're feeling in the moment. I'm reading a book right now by a a Navy SEAL. Love the SEALs. SEALs are awesome. But uh, he says that uh, in the morning, when your alarm clock goes off, that's your first test of the day. That could be your first victory. That could be your first defeat. Are you going to be mentally strong or are you going to be mentally weak? They throw that term around a lot. Don't be mentally weak. I'm like, ah, okay. Can't be mentally weak. I got to get up. <laughs> you hit the snooze, that's your first failure of the day. You get up with the alarm clock, that's a victory. Charge forward. Get it done. When we need to make a decision, it's not based on feeling or convenience. We stop, we gather information. Uh, As a Christian, we pray, we get direction from God, we seek godly counsel. We collect all of this, and then we make the best decision we can in the fear of God. And then we discipline ourselves to carry out the choices we've made. The responsibility for making the choice, as well as the consequences that choice brings, are ours and ours alone. That's the price that comes with the power, the awesome authority that God has given us to make the choice. The consequences are ours. If I didn't have a choice, the consequences would be somebody else's. Choice is mine. The 
consequences, therefore, are also mine. When we look at Scripture, we see that the gospel and Jesus himself, they are very divisive. They are. Matthew 10:34 says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. we got two things here I want to touch on. One, so Jesus came so that my family could be broken apart. Is that what he's saying here? Of course not. That's what happens in many families. Because of the truth of the gospel. Because of people's response to the truth of the gospel. Because of their choice. How they choose to respond. This will happen in families. It may have happened in yours. The other thing I want to mention is Jesus seems very Very close-minded in the last part of this. Very uh, all or nothing. If you love any anything or anyone more than me, you're not worthy of me. Wow. That's quite a statement, isn't it? What do you guys think about that? I think it's absolutely true. I think it's spot on right. Jesus is saying, make a choice. Make a choice. And then follow through with it. The gospel will create a very clear and bold line of division between you and others. Sometimes when we choose God... It means we can't choose someone else. Sometimes it means I'm not able to stand with somebody that I love. Sometimes it means that I'm going to take opposite sides to someone I think the world of. I don't know if I've told you this before. I've told my wife, so it's okay. When I was in high school, I had a childhood sweetheart. And we corresponded when I was in the Army. I had plans to someday propose. Then I got into church. And excitedly, I threw up all over her. Everything that God had done. And everything the Bible says about this, that, and the other. And how you need what I have. And, uh... (laughs) Well, you can see I married someone else. (laughs) that ended up not working out but uh, I had to make a choice I still could have had her I just I had to leave this off some of you have been presented with similar or even harder choices
Why do we have to choose? Why can't we just do both? Live and let live. Surely God's okay with that. God of peace, Prince of peace. We just want peace. Peace in our time. That's what we want, right? Peace at any cost. Just just have both. Matthew 6.24 says, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You also can't serve God and people, God and yourself, God and your job, God and anything else. God demands the first position. He's worthy of the first position. As we look at our scripture text, I note a decided lack of temperance here on the part of both God and his servant. Have you noticed that? How do you think God feels about religious tolerance? <clears throat> now I understand I understand why we have it here. I get it. But it's not in the book, folks. It's not in there. God presents here two, and only two positions one can take. For me or against me. There is no neutral ground. There is no third option. You are for God or you're against God. There is no moderate position with God, only two extremes. <clears throat> you fight with me, or you fight with the enemy. Joshua 5, 13 and 14. Joshua seems to get this principle. It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with a sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went unto him, walked right up to him, and said unto him, Art thou for us, or our adversaries? Couldn't he just be neutral? No. Not according to Joshua. You're either for us or you're against us. Which one? He said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? There are only two positions, folks. At least in the mind of God. I know in our minds we could probably think of 27 different positions that we could take given enough time but there are only two positions previous to the, our scripture text God told Moses to step aside so that he might destroy the children of Israel and make of Moses a great nation can you imagine what an honor that would have been and all Moses had to do was I'm just obeying God I'm just his humble, obedient servant. Well, question. Why did God tell Moses what he was about to do? Why wouldn't he simply execute his judgment on Israel? He didn't need to confer with Moses or anyone else. He doesn't need anyone's counsel. 
or permission. He does what he does. He's God. He's sovereign. Why would he tell Moses? Why did he tell Abraham what he was about to do to Sodom? Ezekiel 22, 30 and 31 states this. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me. For the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God was looking for someone to stand in the gap. God was looking for someone to stand between God's wrath and the the recipient of that wrath. I can't think of a more awesome terrible place to be. To place yourself in between the wrath of God and an individual, a family, a city, a nation. But that is exactly who God is looking for. So what if he doesn't find it? Verse 31. Therefore, Have I poured out my indignation upon them? I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord. Because he found no one to stand in the gap. No one to make up the hedge. He told Moses so that Moses could stand in the gap. So that he could make up the hedge. And that's exactly what he did. He interceded for Israel like he did. Despite the high honor that God was about to bestow upon him, he said, don't do this thing. Have mercy on them. In this entire account, Moses has and keeps the heartbeat of God. Compassion and mercy for the people Hatred for the sin. He hated the sin, just like God did. We see it in his response, his reaction. Moses, like God, grew tired of the vacillations of the people, tired of the lack of commitment, tired of the inability to make a choice and stick with it. You ever get to that place? I need you to decide, sir, ma'am. Just tell me what you want to do. Well, that one looks good, but this is really nice too. What do you think? Going out to eat, trying to pick a restaurant. That's always a good one. Where do you want to go? I don't care. You pick. Family restaurant. I don't want to go there. So you do care. (laughs) Well. (laughs) I love you, sweetie. (laughs) 
either make a choice or let me make a choice. But let's decide here, can we? I'm hungry. <laughs> I want something to eat. <clears throat> when the children of Israel needed something, then he was God. Then he was worthy of worship. After he answered a prayer, met a need. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Jesus wasn't there yet. You're awesome, God. But then, almost the very next verse, they come to another situation. And they start murmuring and complaining again. What did the people say when Moses brought the commandments of the Lord back? All that the Lord says will we do. Period. We'll do it. We'll obey God. You just tell us what he says and we'll do it. Unless there's a problem. Unless we disagree with it. Unless we don't feel like it. When they needed something, he was their God. When God needed them to do something, then it was time to go back to Egypt. They had no relationship with God. I mentioned that in the first service. They were afraid of God. Exodus 20, 18 through 21 says this, All the people saw the thunderings and the lightnings and the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, and when the people saw it, they were moved and stood afar off. God wanted them close, up to the boundaries, but he wanted them there, present. But they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we'll hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. Moses said unto the people, Fear not. For God has come to prove you that his fear may be before your faces, that ye sin not. And the people stood afar off, and Moses drew near under the thick darkness where God was. What a contrasting response to the presence of God. The people withdrew. And stood afar off. Moses, he drew near. They would never be able to trust this God. Never. Because they were afraid of him. And that never lasts. Fear will typically turn to anger or hatred. Moses comes down from the mount sees the golden calf, the nakedness of the people, and he confronts Aaron about it. You know, the guy that was supposed to be in charge. The guy that was left in charge when Moses went. So Aaron gives one whopper of an excuse. And Moses, I can just imagine, had had enough. You're going to sit here and tell me to my face that you just dumped a bunch of gold into the fire and... Out came this calf. God made the calf, I guess. I guess this was God's hand that did this. Seriously. So Moses decides to force the issue. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to make a choice. Right here and right now. Who's on the Lord's side? Come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And right then, folks, everyone, 
By their actions, if not their voices, every one of them decided whose side they were on. I didn't make a choice. Yeah, you did. Did you come to Moses? You made a choice. Well, I was getting supper ready. I was just about done cleaning. I was... You were making a choice. That's what you were doing. If you were on the Lord's side, you would come to Moses and stand with him. If you weren't, all you had to do is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep living life. I found it at least a little interesting that Moses didn't reverse that. If you're on the Lord's side, stay where you are. If not, go to the other side of the camp, for example. Why didn't he do it that way? Here's why I think. God's call always seems to include with it a call to action. He's going to ask us to do something. To demonstrate our faith. Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only. You show me your faith without your works, I'll show you my faith by my works. There's always a call to action when God calls, when God separates. Once sides were drawn, once the line was defined, Moses told them to destroy those who did not choose the Lord. Folks, here's my message. When God draws a line, he takes that line very seriously. He will enforce that line. When God told Moses to set a bound around the mount, Moses set whatever bound he set, and God was going to protect it. They step over that, they're dead. Any man, any beast will die. He takes those lines seriously. I know in our society today, we love the, the merciful God. We love the, the God of patience and, and the God of a, another chance. And he's all of these things. He absolutely is all of these things. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to sound facetious. I probably do, but I'm not trying to sound facetious or, or, or sarcastic. My point is this, though. That same God is also a God of judgment. He's a God of holiness and righteousness. And when he sets a bounds, when he sets a line, he that line is set. It's not going to move. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care what you think about it. It doesn't move. And if you cross it, you'll suffer the consequences for it. So, folks, don't cross the line. Make a choice to stay on this side, on God's side. Don't cross it, because if you do, you take your life in your hands, quite literally. If not today, someday. And I'm not threatening anyone. I can't threaten anyone. The Word of God is saying this. God will enforce it. And He takes it seriously. 
Deuteronomy 30 and 19 says, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life, friend, that both thou and thy seed may live. The choice is yours. I can't choose it for you. Only you can decide. You have the information set before you. Life and death. Blessing and cursing. Now make a choice. Make your choice. Isaiah 65, 12 says, Therefore will I number you to the sword, and ye shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called, ye did not answer. When I spake, ye did not hear. But did evil before mine eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. They made the wrong choice. They made a choice contrary to the will of God. They crossed the line that God had set, the bounds that he had set. Isaiah 66, 3 and 4 says, He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrificeth a lamb as if he'd cut off a dog's neck. He that offereth an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. I will also choose their delusions. And will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear, but they did evil before mine eyes, and chose that which I delighted not. The choice that we make has consequences, whether good ones or bad ones. But they most certainly have consequences. That's the whole that's the power behind free moral agency is that our choices have real consequences. They have real consequences, folks. If, if none of my choices mattered, would I really have free moral agency? If no matter what I chose, everything ended up the same way, then nothing I, I do or don't do, none of that matters. But every choice I make does matter. Every choice I make carries with it a consequence, carries with it responsibility. Every choice I make matters because those consequences are real. God calls his people to choose a side. Joshua 24:15, familiar to most of us. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, with the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's an act of the will, folks. It's a choice. You don't have to feel like it. It doesn't have to be convenient. Well, once I get all, all this stuff done, then I, then I can start setting up a prayer time. Then I can start really getting into the Word of God. It's never going to be convenient, folks. I can almost promise you that. Because if that's all it takes to keep you out of God's word, if that's all it takes to keep you off your knees in prayer, the enemy's going to keep piling it on. I discovered a long time ago, and this isn't any profound bit of wisdom, it's never convenient. 
to start something new. It's never convenient. You never get to a place where all the stars align and everything's perfect. And I got all this free time and I got all this free money just laying around. And what am I going to do with all this? Oh, let's start something new. Let's start a self-improvement program. Let's start a Bible study program. Let's... That never happens. You're busy. You're frustrated. But you set time aside to make it happen. Period. You find the time to do it. You find the energy to do it. The choice to serve the Lord isn't always convenient. The choice to serve God, it's not always fun in the sun, folks. I'll be real with you. But that's life in the big city. Life outside of serving God isn't always fun either. Life outside of serving God, I don't always feel like getting up in the morning either, going to work. I still have to do things I don't want to do. The only difference is, now I have a great big help. Jesus walks through those things with me. First Kings 18.21 says, Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. People answered him not a word. Revelation 3.15 and 16, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of my mouth. Get off the fence. Make a choice. Decide. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? And then discipline yourself to follow through with that choice. Every single day. It's not going to be easy. You're not always going to feel like it. But where do you want to end up? Who do you want to be? We get our... Someone mentioned this at men's meeting? Maybe your message on Wednesday. We get so focused on the immediate. There's a lot of immediate needs that happen in our lives. And and it's hard. It's hard to separate ourselves from that for just a moment to get our eyes on the big picture. Folks, we've got to stay on, on the big picture. We've got to keep our eyes on the prize. All this immediate little uh, gnats swarming around our ears, those, that's what gets our attention. I've got to take care of this before I can worry about any of this. Well, this never goes away, folks. There's always something immediate. There's always another email that needs to be answered. There's always, there's always another one knocking at the door, needing something. Always another phone call. The furnace goes out. Tire goes flat. There's always something. That's always going to be there. But we have to discipline ourselves to keep our eye on the big picture. Where are we headed? Who do I want to be when I grow up? As it were. What kind of person do I want to be? What kind of eulogy do I want people to say about me? And that's the choices I make today. That's who I'm going to be in the future. 
I can't wait until the future to start making these choices. It might be too late then. But I can make them now. Today. God's not asking us to do something that He's not already done. He's made a choice too. He's already chosen a side. He chose you. And He's never once wavered from that choice. Deuteronomy 7 and 6 says, For thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto Himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Deuteronomy 10.15, Only the Lord had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. He made a choice, folks. He chose us. Isaiah 43.1 says, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by by thy name. Thou art mine. Exodus 19 and 5 says, Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. God has always and will always identify with his covenant people. Always. Acts 9 and 4 says, And he fell to the earth speaking of Saul, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? But he wasn't persecuting God. He was persecuting his church. That's how powerfully God identifies with his people. You touch my people, you're touching me. You persecute them, you persecute me. conclusion, I want to read a quote by a a man familiar to a lot of us, C.S. Lewis, amazing author. He says this, and I quote, when the author walks onto the stage, the play is over. God is going to invade all right, but what is the good of saying you are on his side then when you see the whole natural universe melting away like a dream and something else crashing in? This time it will be God without disguise something so overwhelming that it will strike either irresistible love or irresistible horror into every creature. It will be too late then to choose your side. That will not be the time for choosing. It will be the time when we discover which side we really have chosen, whether we realized it before or not. Now, today, this moment is our chance to choose the right side. Amen. Let's all stand. I know, I pray, that many of you have already made this choice. And I'm preaching to the choir. But perhaps there are some here who haven't quite yet made up their minds. Perhaps there are some joining us online who have not quite yet made up their minds how they want this thing to go. Which way they want to to choose. Who they want to serve. And I'm asking today for all of us to make absolutely sure that the choice we're making with our lives today 
will bring us to where we want to end up. We need to make sure. There are people, if I may make allusion to this quote, there are people who think they have made the right choice. They think they're living for God, but they're not. And in the last day, they're going to come to that realization. God's line is very stark. It's very specific. There's no room for error. There's no room for our personal interpretation. He has told us what he expects. He has told us what he wants, what pleases him, what displeases him. Amen. If you've already made your choice, fantastic. I applaud you. But if you haven't, today is the day. Now is the time to make absolutely sure that you are making the right choice with your life. This altar is open. I want us to come. I want us to talk to God. I want God to speak with us. God's not playing, folks. He doesn't play around with this. This is everlasting life and death. Not only in our lives, but in the lives of those that we love. The lives of our co-workers. lives of our neighbors. This is everlasting life and death. Because they have choices to make too. And if you've already made your choice, maybe the Lord is looking for someone today to make up the hedge. And to stand in the gap for someone who hasn't yet made a choice. Lord Jesus, we come before you humbly. We come before you softly. I pray, Lord, that you would speak with each person here, each person within the sound of my voice. I pray, O God, help us to make absolutely sure that the choices that we are making with our lives, the decisions that we are making day by day are bringing us closer to you, that the things that we're doing with our resources and our time and our energies, the, the gifts and talents that you've given us, are moving us forward in your plan and in your purpose, that they are moving us inexorably toward heaven. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, that that is the path that we are set upon. That is the path that we desire to be set upon. We desire to live ever, eternally with you, everlasting life with you. If what we're doing, if what we're choosing is not leading us there, then speak with us, Lord. Reveal it to us, I pray. I pray, I pray that we would be right with you. We need to be right with you. We desire to be right with you. Those of us present here today that have made that choice and are walking toward you, I pray that you'd put a put a name on their heart, put a burden in their soul for someone. Lord Jesus, as we walk toward you, as we become more like you, we need to stand in the gap. You're looking for such. I pray in Jesus' name. 
that you would help us to do exactly that, as it is pleasing in your sight. You're looking for someone to stand in the gap. You're looking for someone to make up the hedge. Help us to do so, I pray. I pray, I pray. Help us to take the responsibilities you've given us seriously. Help us to take this seriously, Lord, the lines that you've set in our lives, the boundaries that you've set, that we do not cross them. And that if we do, if we do make that choice, we do so at our own peril. We take our lives in our hands. I pray, O God, as seriously as you take these things, help us to take them just as seriously. I am so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you have made a choice too, that you have chosen us, that you've chosen me, and you have never once vacillated, you've never once wavered from that choice. You delight to identify with your people. I delight to identify with you. You are my heavenly Father. You are the Lord my God. I identify with you, Lord Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you for those present here today. I thank you, Jesus, that you have put in each of us a heart, a desire to serve a desire to draw closer to you and to become more like you. We all have our foibles, we all have our quirks, we all have our personalities, but, oh God, that each of us would be sanctified and set apart for you, to be used by you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Use us mightily, use us wondrously, use us gloriously for your purposes, for your plan to advance your kingdom. As we continue to make choices that place us well within those boundaries that you've set for us. As we stay within the protective barriers that you have placed in our lives. I pray, oh God, that you would move us forward. Hallelujah, Jesus. The choices that we make, that they would please you. You said that you do always those things that please the Father. You do always those things that please him. I want to do always those things that please you. I want you to look down with joy and with pleasure upon your servant. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you have chosen me. Help me each and every day to choose you. Help me to wake up in the morning and choose you. When things get tough, I'll choose you. When things get difficult and, and people forsake me, I'll choose you. When I feel all alone and forsaken, I'll choose you. And in the good times, when the money's rolling in, and everything seems to go right, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to continue to serve you in prosperity. I'm going to continue to serve you when things are awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray, oh God, minister to your people today. Encourage them. Strengthen them. Help us, I pray, to choose you each and every day. Help us to choose the plan of God each and every day. Help us to choose to stand for righteousness and for holiness and for godliness each and every day. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let your name be glorified in the lives of your people. Let your name be glorified, Lord Jesus, in the body of Christ. I pray, Lord Jesus, we are your possession. You are our exceeding great reward. Minister in and through your people today. As we make choices to move us forward in you, as we make choices that please you and that serve you, bless us, I pray. Walk with us, I pray, as we desire to walk with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. As Christians, I fear sometimes, at least in my life, I I don't think I'm too unlike others, that we start taking things for granted. I've mentioned this about specific things before, the presence of God, the Word of God. But in an overall sense, the direction that that God is wanting to take His church, the direction that, that God is wanting to take us as families and as individuals, The things, the plans that He has for us are so awesome. So awesome. But if we don't decide to be a part of that, if we don't make a choice to submit ourselves to that plan and start walking forward in the plan that He's given us, That will not come to fruition. It simply won't. Because it has to be done His way. His way. Period. And when God says no, and when God sets bounds, we like to, other than fuss and stew and kick and scream, I like to make jokes about fussing and kicking and stewing and screaming. Maybe not realizing how serious a matter that this really is. And it's uh, I know it's a little heavy, but uh, It's the Word of God. If we will take this to heart, if we will take this seriously, these lines, these boundaries that God has placed in our lives, and walk within them, walk according to them, folks, it's not heavy at all. His burden is easy. His yoke is light. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Scratch that, reverse it. It's easy to serve God. What's hard is living life without Him. But He has set a line for His church, 
for his, his creation, the whole world. He set a line. And he's asking all people everywhere to choose, to make a choice. And I implore everyone within the sound of my voice to choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. All the arguments, all of the philosophies, all of the, the quaint speaking points against Christianity will avail you not at all on the last day. Last day is soon coming. We have got to be ready. We've got to be ready. Because he's coming at a day and at an hour when we think not. Choose life, folks. Choose life. That it might be well with you seed after you. Lord Jesus, I'm so thankful for you. So thankful for the covenant promises that you've given us. The relationship that you desire to have with us. I'm so thankful, Lord Jesus, that you have made abundantly clear, very plain to us what you expect, where the line is. Which side do you want us to be on? You could have created us in such a manner where you just place us there and it's done. But you've given us the ability to choose. To choose to serve you. To choose to please you. To choose to love you. Help us to make the right choice, O oh God. That we would choose each and every day you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would walk with you this week, that we would hear your voice this week. Bring us back to the house of God at the day appointed, and these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so very much for your kind attention. Uh, Tuesday prayer here at 7 o'clock. Uh, Wednesday, again, service, 6.30 prayer, 7 o'clock service. If Jesus